Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Snap. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after a very impressive 112 to 104 win against the Miami Heat. The Raptors shorthanded, but coming back home and uh, they got the job done. This was not an easy team. I mean, Miami is still not that impressive in my eyes, but they have been playing a lot better. Five and two in the last seven games, both losses by one possession. Uh, they've beaten Phoenix, they've beaten Golden State. Um, this is not an easy team, you know, and they didn't have Bam. They didn't have Tyler Hero. But to be fair, the Raptors didn't have Pascal. They didn't have Gary. They didn't have Precious. You know, they didn't have Otto. Like, there, there's injuries on both sides. And, um, you know, the product on the floor was reflective of two teams who are playing good basketball. But uh, it, it was one of those situations where, you know, Miami out-executed the Raptors at the start of the game, probably a little bit more hustle as well. Uh, but as the game went on, the Raptors really took control. Very impressive in the third and fourth quarters where the Raptors went on a 21 to nothing run in the third to overcome a 10-point deficit and, and actually lead by the time they headed to the fourth. And then in the fourth, it was a one-possession game. A few times, Miami was close, threatening. You know, there was a chance. But then the Raptors just made big play after big play after big play. And I think first and foremost, you have to really credit the Raptors' top four guys tonight. They played an awesome game. And those guys being Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, and Thad Young. The, those four guys together to collectively for you were just so good as a unit to collectively. Um, now, the struggle at the start of the game was finding who that fifth guy was going to be. It was Delano Banton, who obviously had a really nice game against Detroit. Um, you know, But unfortunately, he was getting beat a couple of times. His threes weren't really dropping. Uh, and he had one transition finish, which was nice. But ultimately, uh, it just wasn't that type of game for Delano. It, I mean, turns out Detroit and Miami are very different opponents. Um, but then again, Delano also got injured. I think he hurt his ankle. So he was ruled out for the game, uh, which, by the way, only adds more issues to the Raptors in terms of the injuries. But we'll touch on that afterwards. Uh, and then it was a struggle. to think Who's going to be that fifth guy for you? And at times it was Wancho. At times it was Chris. Um, they even tried Kem a little bit. None of those guys were really clicking until the fourth quarter and then midway through the fourth quarter where after Chris got beat by Kyle on a drive, which, by the way, Chris played good defense on that. Kyle just made an absurd layup over top of a guy who's so much longer than him. And then he he uh, he got Kyle to bite on a jump uh, on, on a he bite. He bited on. He bit on one of uh, Kyle's fakes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know. There was another pump fake in there. I think uh, Gabe Vincent got him on it too. So there was a little bit of a, you know, concerning stretch there defensively. However, they called timeout. uh, And then Chris came back really strong out of that timeout, made no more defensive mistakes, made all sorts of timely cuts, including for an and one at one point, uh, including for a putback at one point, including for a dagger corner three off a great pass from uh, Scotty Barnes that was able to seal the win because, the Raptors had to execute in this one. It wasn't like they just went on that 21 to nothing run and then they could just go and just chill and finish out the game. No, Miami was not just going to go away based off of that. But uh, the Raptors were able to 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 come up with some tough buckets. And and honestly, when you look at it, you know, this wasn't a game where the Raptors were, were easily going to dominate. Right. Like, you know, there's uh, you know, Miami has a lot of tough players, um, a lot of veteran players. And even some of the young players were playing well, like they started Nikola Jovic. Right. And, you know, everyone's made this joke already, so I'm not going to. But literally, you know, he's he was scoring on the pick and roll four times in the first quarter, four times. He slipped to the basket and he was able to either score three layups or he was able to get fouled for a pair of free throws, which he knocked down both. And so 
you know, I, I think the Raptors needed to do a better job there. Obviously, the collective, uh, you know, um, attention was on Max Struess, was on Kyle Lowry, was on Jimmy Butler, and rightfully so. Those guys are the main guys for them, especially on a night like this. Um, but, you know, they, they kept letting him slip free. And to be honest, the Raptors defensively just weren't that solid. You know, they gave up a couple of transition opportunities as well. Miami moved the ball beautifully, uh, which we saw a lot of times in this game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was going to be a tough game, and, and the Raptors were down. But to be honest, they were also playing pretty well offensively themselves. The offensive execution in this game for the Raptors was, was quite strong, um, starting with OG Anobi, who I have to say, this is the most impressive game I've seen from OG Anobi on the offensive end. Defensively, he was really good too, right? He was guarding Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler only had 13 points, uh, and a lot of those were attacking switches where he got onto Fred or he got onto someone else and he was able to sort of cut apart the Raptors' defense. But you will take 13 points and only eight field goal attempts from Jimmy Butler in 38 minutes when OG is your primary, um, you know, defender. Now, putting aside the defense, which we know is excellent from OG game after game, offensively, this was the best game I've seen from OG and OB because of how complete it was. Sometimes you, we've seen OG have 30-point games before, right? We saw that game against New York last season when they went to MSG, and OG had a great offensive performance there. First off, obviously, you know, Miami's a much tougher opponent than, than the Knicks. But nevertheless, when OG's had these big you know, scoring games when he's been over 30, when he's been in the high 20s, it's usually because he's hit four or five threes and that really like bumps up your your, your scoring total, right? OJ Anobi had 32 points tonight, only made one three-pointer. And so many of these were plays where he caught the ball in the post and he was able to attack or he was able to drive, catch it and, and, and make a move. Uh, he had a couple of nice setups as well, but mostly he was going to the basket. And I mean, I have to say like, this is just what, this is the, one of the reasons I've been harping on this so much with OG is he's playing every aspect of basketball really well. When you get when you give the ball to him in an open three, he's going to knock it down. When you make him uh, have a tough defensive assignment like Jimmy Butler, he'll keep them quiet. When uh, you know the opportunity is there for him to jump some passing lane, he's able to get the steals. Right? He's able to he's he's playing great in finishing and transition. You know, all the aspects are there for him. It's just the the direct the self directed self generated pick and rolls. And 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 and, uh, and drives where he's not even necessarily, you know, creating his own offense, but more so trying to maintain the momentum of the play by attacking a closeout. You know, he had not been that sharp with it, but today this is what it looks like when OG puts that together because it's terrifying. Um, number one, the Heat have a lot of small guys, right? Like especially with Bam out, like the biggest player they started tonight was Jovic, who's a rookie and he's like six foot seven. Okay. Um, they brought Deadman off the bench. He's the biggest player in both games. But Deadman is a very, very slow center who the Raptors were smartly able to attack through Fred Van Vliet pulling up for threes. Um, and just generally speaking, uh, just attacking his inability to move. The Raptors also uh, threw two lobs where Fred was able to serve up uh, Christian Coloco for, for lob dunk. So they're able to get around Deadman, right? The Heat are small across the board. Jimmy's a small four. Kyle is, you know, fine. Struce is small. Caleb Martin is small. They bring in Gabe Vincent. He's small. Duncan Robinson's plays small, right? Like, you know, and and they, they who is this Kane? Jamal Kane they brought in. I, I was not familiar with his game. The Raptors left him wide open for threes, and he kept knocking, he kept missing those, and the Raptors were able to continue on their 21 0 nothing run. That's the only impression I have of Jamal Kane so far. Um, but they're small. And one of the things that the Raptors are, obviously, is that they're big across the board. Obviously, Fred is small, but everyone else is big. And so what happens is there are going to be mismatches that are – you don't even have to work for some of these mismatches. They just don't have the guys to guard them. When you look at OG's buckets today, a lot of those were him getting guarded by 
uh, Gabe Vincent, him getting guarded by Kyle Lowry. And this is how good OG was and how good he was at attacking with power, but also under control, right? He scored on Kyle Lowry in the post. Every real Raptor fan knows what, how hard that is, right? We've seen Kyle year after year after year in this building at Scotiabank Arena uh, either tough or trick his way into stopping bigger players in the post. And he tried that stuff with OG, and OG just calmly scored around him a few times, right? That was really impressive to me. But OG also attacking off the dribble. He was playing pick and roll and, and, and shooting pick and roll uh, step back jumpers. You know, like it, it was a lot of really good stuff. And a lot of this was in the third quarter where the Raptors were pulling away. Like I mentioned, that 21 to nothing run, that's going to be the biggest run of the Raptors season so far. Where um, and, and OG was a big part of that. OG, you know, working the pick and roll, the defense is dropping back, step back jumper, knocking that down. By the way, that's another element of his game where he keeps able, he's able to get the footwork to get to that shot, but the shot looks flat. He hasn't been, he hasn't been able to score that at a consistent basis. But when he does, I don't know how you're supposed to guard him, right? Like he's really, really tough, especially because he's not the focus of the defense where guys aren't double teaming him as much, right? But then you have that play where he's able to pull up. Uh, for the mid-range jumper against drop coverage. Then the next play down, OG drives all the way to the basket. The defender steps up to him. He's able to drive around, go up, and I believe Deadman goaltended the shot. But OG was able to beat him off the bounce, right? First play, you hit the jumper. Next play, he sticks a little closer to you. You go to the rim. You you, you know, you got the layup. Then the next play down, OG and Obi's working off ball. Fred's operating off top, and Fred's like, you know, gesturing the play. And I think it was Christian Coloco who was over on the side with OG supposed to set a back screen for him. But instead, OG makes a smart play, comes fakes towards the screen, cuts back door instead. And then Fred throws another lob. That's I think his third lob dunk out of his eight assists. Three of those were lob dunks. I mean, I, I know people like to clown Fred about not being able to throw lobs. I don't know. It wasn't an issue tonight. But uh, yeah, Fred was able to throw the lob. OG was able to back cut his man, reject the screen and, and, and catch the backdoor um, play for a dunk. And then right after that, Fred was able to come off a pick and roll, uh, attack Deadman off the uh, off on drop coverage and pull up for three. That was the 21 to nothing run. Like that stretch right there, that's like 10 points right there. But so many of those plays involved OG making reads offensively and outsmarting the defense. And, and that level of um, composure, that level of execution from him is is something that you don't necessarily always see with OG, right? We see OG score in transition, uh, we've seen him use his size around the basket and his strength around the basket and score. We've seen him catch and shoot for three. Um, those are things that we know are pillars for OG that he can always go to. But when he adds on the extra stuff, when he's able to complete drives, when he's able to hit mid-range pull-ups, when he's able to attack off the balance, when he's able to pull, post up on smaller guards and avoid the charge call and use his strength to obviously get to the clean shot, this is the end result. Where, again, he had 32 points with only one three. And it wasn't even like he was going to the free throw line that much. OG made 12 twos. And he was 13 of 18 from the field. So, so, so impressed with OG's game tonight. Um, and, and yeah, like I mentioned, he was a big part of that 21 to nothing run. But you also had, uh, you know, Scotty taking uh, Caleb Martin on the block and, and scoring there. That was nice to see. And it was a big bounce back game for him. We'll cover that in a second. Fred driving in, in transition, drawing the foul. Thad getting a, a putback over Nikola Jovic. Uh, then Scotty pressuring uh, Jovic uh, on, on the ball and forcing him into a travel. Then OJ Anobi hitting a three from a really nice pass from Scotty driving baseline. Opposite corner kick out to OG for three. Then you got Fred, a uh, uh, mid-range pull up against the drop coverage. Then Fred drawing a foul on Kyle in transition, uh, driving and getting to himself two free throws. So like, you know, those, you know, those guys, right? Those were the guys I was talking about today. OG, 
Fred, Scotty, Thad, those four collectively were just awesome, especially in that stretch. And that turned the Raptors from in a position where they just couldn't make up the gap. They were within striking distance, but they just couldn't make up the gap against Miami. They just kept making making plays, and now the Raptors, the Raptors were making mistakes. But then, eventually, the Raptors pull up that run, and now it's the Raptors' turn to be in the driver's seat. And listen, it wasn't easy. It's like, it wasn't like the Heat were just going to go away, right? You know, I thought once those starters started to filter out for the Raptors, how were they going to manage, right? And that's where it started to get a little bit uh, iffy for me, right? Christian Coloco comes into the game. He allows four straight baskets, right? Or at least he has a part to play in four straight baskets for Miami. Miami literally didn't make a bucket for like seven minutes during that stretch. Um, and then Coloco comes in and they score four straight times, all involving mistakes with him. First one, he fouls Vincent where Vincent gets a pump fake in the lane. He's really small, He's, he's pump faking in the lane, and Chris Boucher jumped at him. Then Coloco jumped on him, and he was able to finish the and one, right? That was the first bucket that he got after that stretch. Then Coloco uh, is out, a step out of position on the pick and roll and has to take the foul on Dwayne Denman to prevent the layup. That's another play on, uh, you know, where Coloco was, was out of position. Then he dropped back on Vincent for, uh, for three at the three-point line. And we, I know Coloco has the mobility to play out the three-point lines. Part of the reason why Nick really likes him so much, especially as a young player, is that he's able to trust his defense even on a night where, you know, um, you, know you really need to maintain the lead. But he's, he is a, a momentary lapse. He leaves too much space for Gabe Vincent. He pulls up for three. And then Dwayne Denman on a really strange broken play where um, Caleb Martin was dribbling the ball out of bounds and he, he like, somehow saved it to, to Vincent or to, to, to Denman. Denman was in the post against Coloco. Uh, and then just calmly worked his way to a hook shot. To be honest, it probably needed a little bit of help on that play just to sort of prevent the bigger player from able to turn over his shoulder. But still, four straight buckets against Coloco. And so you go from having a 10-point lead and on a 21 to nothing run to all of a sudden being like one or two possession game, right? But then again, the fourth quarter, the Raptors, you know, they, they stood up to the test. Like, I think they were still able to generate offense. They, they still kept going to the basket. You know, Scotty with a bully ball layup. Scotty with another play where he dribbled what felt like 15, 20 times uh, before Chris Boucher flashed into the lane and uh, Scotty found them and Boucher got fouled for the layup. So two free throws there. Thad got a put back, you know, OG with a step back over, you know, Duncan Robinson, you know, Thad with a, with a cut to the high post uh, off an inbound pass on the sideline. And then an instant bounce pass from Thad to Chris Boucher cutting a baseline for another foul. Right. And, you know, the Raptors were just able to out execute like those are really, really smart plays by the Raptors to the point where the Raptors were put into the bonus with about seven minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Right. Where Chris Boucher uh, got fouled for an offensive rebound um, and then OG got fouled by Kyle on a defensive rebound. And by the way, I thought that was going to be a good thing. It turned out to be a bit of a blessing and a curse. Well, it was good that the fact that the Raptors were in the bonus that early and it was good that Kyle Lowry had his fourth foul already. However, that seemed to be one of those plays where it's a poke the bear kind of play because as soon as Kyle got that foul, he got upset. He started clapping on the referees, didn't get the technical, whatever. I guess obviously you've earned it. But like at that point, Kyle starts to like really turn on the Kyle Lowry stuff, right? Drives in, has Chris Boucher on him, late shot clock, somehow is able to take a weird angle and then flip it super high off the glass over Chris Boucher and it bounces in, right? Then he's able to, uh, you know, get Chris on a, on a, on a, up fake on a drive, get himself a little bit of an angle, and then take the bump, go to the free throw line, right? Then Kyle with a step back three against two closeouts right in the corner to bail out Jimmy Butler, who had completely got trapped and had no more steps left, had to pick up the dribble. And Kyle was able to hit a fadeaway three in the in the deep, deep, deep corner here. 
And, you know, it was a bit of like, oh, my God, are we going to lose to Kyle, <laughs> right? Like, we've seen that already. Last time Kyle came back to Toronto uh, against Miami, the Raptors had the lead a few times in that game, but Kyle took, took over, and he ultimately walked away with, with the win. Um, but the Raptors were able to respond each time. You know, they were still able to sort of make plays. Thad, you know, with another play where Jimmy Butler was, was on Thad, the pass came across the top of the floor to Thad. Uh, Jimmy tried to go for the steal. Uh, Thad was able to spin away from the steal, drive it into the lane, and then find Chris for an and one finish around. I think Kyle fouled him there too. Uh, Chris was able to flip it over, over his head for the and one finish. So another play where Thad and Chris were able to connect. Thad and Chris, by the way, have great chemistry. Everyone knows this from last season, especially uh, you know throughout the course of the playoffs. Thad and Chris obviously always come off the bench together, uh, and they just know how to pass to each other. Chris is a really good cutter. Thad is a really good passer, right? So they're able to connect twice in the span of the of the fourth quarter there where they were able to connect and, and just sort of do those little tic-tac-toe type of passes that I think are really, really aesthetically pleasing um, as a basketball fan. You know, then you got Fred driving hard uh, into a trap. You know, the Heat were really, really trying to run him off the line. Uh, and Fred smartly dribbled into the corner and invited the trap over. That pulled the defense, um, you know, away from the rim and, that a lot, and he dribbled for long enough where Scotty was able to flash into the post and Fred was able to find him with the pass. Scotty was able to finish the layup. By the way, Fred found Scotty a couple times in the dunker spot for those layups. And that's something that the Raptors have been missing of late without, you know, Fred, without Pascal in the lineup, where those guys usually draw double teams and Scotty's so smart at playing around those double teams. When you take that away from Scotty, when you also put the ball in Scotty's hands, he's not able to do as many of those little things. So those little type of connective plays, Scotty's very, very good at that. That's a big part of his game that he wasn't able to do. And that's why when people talk about, you know, like, oh, Fred and Pascal are holding him back. No, they're helping him. Those are those are great plays. And to be honest, they're helping each other, right? Fred in a double team is not a great scenario, but th- that does allow people to cut. And Scotty was very, very smart about that, was able to cut, get to the layup. Then you got OG with a super, super athletic putback. I think the Raptors, maybe Fred missed a jumper or something, but OG was able to just fly in and, like, not quite Jamario Moon, the offensive rebound. Again, if you're a really diehard Raptor fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, go look it up. Oh, Jamario Moon, offensive rebound. I think it's just search Jamario Moon inhuman rebound. It's, it's actually, like, one of the most impressive rebounds you'll ever see. But OG was able to rise up. Like, he wasn't able to flush it on the putback dunk, but he was able to catch the ball and tip it like well above the square. It was very, very athletic play for OG, who at that point had played like 43 minutes. Um, you know, then you got OG, who was then drawing double teams. He were really trying to like, you know, press up and, and, and force turnovers and try to make a comeback or whatever. Um, but OG was getting double teamed with Jimmy Butler all over him, grabbing his arm. The referees just weren't calling anything. And OG had the strength to go from the low post where he had Butler on him, drive up to the top, continue his drive, circle back into the paint. Again, the whole time, Jimmy Butler, who is like a linebacker, holding onto his, off, his, his, uh, his, his other arm. But Jimmy was, uh, OG was able to use his strength and then eventually create the space where Boucher was able to cut in and OG found him for a dunk. Huge play. I think that made it from a one to a two possession game. And then another big play where Fred was able to take the charge against uh, you know, Gabe Vincent uh, on an inbound where the Heat were lucky to keep the ball. And they were trying to inbound the ball, and the Vincent, you know, pushed hard into Fred, and then kind of, you know, uh, cut away. That's a very standard play. Uh, and then Fred was able to sell the contact. I mean, I'm not even sell the contact, and like, there was no contact. Fred was just able to make sure that he, you know, got the officials to call that. Which, by the way, if I had to say, very Kyle-esque type of play from Fred on that possession, where you turn the Heat from a position where they were down, I think, six points with the baseline inbound, 
uh, with about two minutes left. And Fred instead turns that into a turnover. Big play. And then at the very end there, the Raptors get trapped. They find Scotty flashing into the high post. Opposite side kick out to Chris Boucher in the corner for three. Closeout's too late. Chris Boucher knocks in the three. And it's game over. And it's just a really, really, really nice game by the Raptors, who have not been playing well of late. We all know that. But they've gotten more guys back. Although, (laughs) to be honest, they got got Fred back, and then they lost Delano. So, you know, still. But uh, they 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 were able to come together and and execute for a nice win. I was really worried about this game just because of the fact that Miami is a team that plays the Raptors tough. Uh, And at the start of this game, the Raptors were not playing great on defense. Again, there's no reason why Nikola Jovic should be rolling to the basket for four uh, buckets in the first quarter alone. But... Still, the Raptors are able to come together, lock in on defense. And again, the, the top four for the Raptors tonight, just so impressive, right? And I'm going to go through those guys individually. I've already talked about OG, right? So, you know, just refer to the earlier portion. Um, but I thought Scotty, first off, I mean, so much focus is on Scotty, right? And again, I'm, I, literally, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people doing that, right? Like, you, you know, when you have a player who is great things are expected of you and then you, you're not necessarily performing, there's going to be questions, right? Well, today... There's no questioning anything about his performance. I thought he was awesome from start to finish. Everything we've talked about in the last couple of weeks here, when you talk about, oh, the lack of aggression going to the basket, it, he's not knocking down his jumper, his ankle might be hurt, his defense is not there, his disposition looks like you know he's lost that you know sunny uh, cheeriness to his game. All of that, all of that, was was not present tonight. He 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 was he was excellent. Started the game, knocked down. Um, two jumpers right away. I think those were the two first two buckets for the Raptors where Scotty was able to just step back and establish the jumper, right? And I love those games where he's able to knock those in early because it does sort of establish him as a scoring threat. It does make players play closer to him. And again, I'm not looking for that shot all the time, but you know, Scotty's also not a guy who's going to force up bad shots. Tonight, he might have had one baseline jumper where he was short on it, but I mean, when you're talking about one shot that's bad out of 14, I, you, you know, happily take that, right? Um, but, you know, he was able to establish a scoring early. He also had, like, a really wild one-legged, like, loose ball pose- possession where he was able to catch a loose ball, beat the shot clock with a step-back one-legged jumper. That was super impressive. A little, you know, obviously, you know, you're not expecting him to do that all the time. But, you know, he just got off to a really great start. And I thought his energy was strong. He was, you know, consistently pressing up on the ball, did a good job defensively. Um, you know, his assignment wasn't really, um, you know, popping free a lot, right? Like, I don't think that the Heat have that, those, like, really explosive, quick guards to sort of turn the corner and attack off the dribble. And so Scotty was able to use his size and move his feet and contain the ball, which is exactly what you want to see. He even forced a couple of turnovers. You know, that one against Jovic during that 21 to nothing stretch, Scotty was super excited, clapping his hands so loudly. You know, everyone in the arena could hear it. And you could see that enthusiasm and life come back into this game. And then... It's the other stuff. It's Scotty is so good at playing off of other guys. You know, when you think about, again, the, the totality of his experiences as a basketball player, it's not just the season and a half that he's played, you know, in the pros. When we're talking about in college, when we're talking about in high school, he was not the primary scorer. He always played with guys who were primary scorers and who could get buckets. But that allowed Scotty to then gain a lot of reps in terms of what to do when guys are double teamed. He's got a, such a good intuition for getting into the gaps and then making the next play. And today we saw that, right? Him flashing to the elbow for a mid-range jumper. Him cutting to the dunker spot for two dunks. Him, you know, um, getting himself available in the post and then making the next pass to find Boucher for a three. Like, it was just a really nice supporting performance, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you know, it... it, it you would like to see 
a complete player, but we have to be completely realistic. We're talking about a guy who's 21 years old who is looking to add the, the more primary elements to his game. But when he's able to obviously lock in on defense, which to be honest, there's no excuse. He needs to lock in on defense every time. Um, and that's non-negotiable for everybody, by the way. It's not just Scotty, literally everybody, right? But, you know, the def- when he's there on defense, when he's able to uh, play off the attention of other people because OG was getting trapped, Fred was getting trapped, so Scotty was able to, you know, play in the gaps, and he's very smart about that, play between the lines, you know? Um, kind of like a midfielder, like a really good midfielder, like or even like a false nine scenario where you're able to sort of like just, you know, come in and give yourself a numerical advantage, a four on three, those little tic-tac-toe plays. Oh, he, Scotty's got a really good sense of that. Uh, and then connect the play. He's, he looks so comfortable. And today he looked great. And then, of course, the occasional moments where you need him to take over, where he's got a guard on him, whether it's Caleb Martin, whether it's Max Struess or Gabe Vincent, take him down low and score. But then again, don't use too many dribbles for it, right? Make a quick move. Be decisive a little bit more. He always tries to use the dribble moves to, like, shake a guy. Sometimes he can do that, maybe against a bigger player who is probably a little bit more worried about the, the quickness disadvantage. But for smaller guards, you don't want to use that many dribbles. You just want to take it in a, in a in a decisive fashion, right? You don't see Pascal trying to take 20 dribbles trying to attack Max Struess. He just takes it you know, strong, goes quick, and decides one which way he's going to go. And obviously, he's got the Euro step if he wants to change directions. But you know, we saw that tonight from Scotty on a couple of possessions where he was able to go to the bucket. So there's no complaints at all from Scotty. And again, he was super into this game, played 42 minutes, was excellent with the starters. Uh, I thought Fred was 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 always good. I mean, like, Fred is always good. Like I actually, you know, um, in the games where he's not good, you could tell something's wrong. Like the games where Fred has been good this year uh, was the second game against Philly where he had a back issue. Uh, and then the game against OKC where he was sick. Right. No other bad games for Fred. Um, so tonight, yes, he shot seven to 21 from the field, but I thought he took the right shots, was super aggressive with it, um, uh, was able to score in traffic a couple times, foul bait a little bit, like even plays where he's able to come out the pick and roll, snake the pick and roll, get the defender on his back, trap him there, and then jump backwards while shooting up. That's Kyle's move. Kyle's so good at doing that. The little, like, you know, just cop a little high school bubble and then you get the free throws like that, that move, right? Uh, you know. Kyle's done that a lot. And I thought Fred gave you a lot of Kyle elements today. Obviously, drawing the fouls and stuff like that tonight was, was was also there. But, you know, knocking down the threes, attacking, being aggressive against the drop coverages where he was able to, you know, exploit Deadman uh, and his slow feet. You know, the playmaking, the setup, guys for lobs, you know, the timely shot making, the off-ball stuff. Uh, it was just a very complete performance from Fred, in addition to the fact that he was the primary defender against Kyle. And listen, Kyle got free, and Kyle had a very efficient night. 19 points on 6-9 shooting for Kyle. But not all, not, not many of those were against Fred. In fact, Fred actually got Kyle to foul him a few times. So I, I thought he, he played his uh, his former mentor uh, really well tonight, and, and I, arguably even better. Uh, but it, it's just it, when he comes back to the game, you just see a lot more, like, Focus to the offense, focus in the game in general. There's even a play where I didn't see it, but apparently on the broadcast it was kind of caught where Fred, uh, after a timeout where Chris had given up like two or three possessions and he looked to be a little bit spiraling defensively, Fred really got in his ear and got him to shape up. And who knows what he said? Who knows what happened? Who knows if that's specifically why? But I can tell you that Chris was super sharp the rest of the way and closed out the game perfectly and ended up making big, big plays to help the Raptors secure the win. So you got the leadership element, you got the point guard element, the playmaking, and then the scoring as well. That was a really good game from Fred. And then Thad Young, who every single game, I walk away impressed with Thad Young. Not, not in the way that, you know, he's 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 doing anything flashy, right? But, you know, it, it's just the uh, 
the veteran savvy to, to, to come away and claw away with a couple offensive rebounds. You know, one, one of the reasons why the Raptors won this game, they had 16 offensive rebounds to four for Miami. Thad Young alone, Thad Young is in his 16th season. He started the year with DMPs, and now he's starting every game. But Thad Young, in his 16th season, got five offensive rebounds and out-rebounded the Miami Heat by himself on that front. Right, you know, you understand like how much hustle and effort and and uh, and and heart that takes. But that's the thing that Thad is a lunch bell kind of guy. He, he he's he's not here to do anything other than try to help the Raptors win. Those little high low passes to Chris Boucher, you love seeing that. That was one of my favorite plays from the Raptors last season. We've seen that uh, come over this year as well. You know, we're seeing Thad in a variety of ways. Some games he's in the high post distributing. Today that was more Scotty's role. So Thad was in, more in the post attacking Nikola Jovic one on one. You know, all Thad shots. They're probably all hook shots. Like they're all like. Him working the pick and roll with Fred, him, you know, getting into the post, you know, off an offensive rebound and either going right back up with it or kicking it out. You know, great, great possessions from Thad tonight. And you know what I like tonight? A very, very underrated subplot. So Jovic got like two. I, I know for sure he got two like light calls against that. I mean, I'm not saying they're not fouls, but usually when you're talking about a rookie versus a year 16 kind of guy, there's a little bit more leeway. Right. The game is not fair necessarily. Um, but having said that, though, so there was a play in the, uh, the the first half where Thad was able to get in for a rebound, but they called a push off on, on, on Thad, even though there was very standard contact against Jovic in the post. So that was already like, OK, not not a great call. Then start of the third quarter, 12 seconds in, the Heat have the ball. They're bringing it up. They got it to Jovic in the post. Jovic had his back turned with one foot on the three point line, clearly wasn't looking to shoot. And Thad was just trying to apply a little ball pressure, you know, like, you know. Check the rookie a little bit. Put a little forearm into his back. Again, standard contact, very standard play. It is a foul, but it is not called a foul like 80% of the time. And they hit Thad with that. And Thad was upset. He complained to the officials for like two or three possessions. But then after that, he took it personal. He took it at Jovic over and over again. Jovic didn't have any more pick and roll you know, lob or uh, roll finishes the way he had in the first quarter. He completely shut that off. And then Thad was just able to make winning play after winning play, you know, like, Again, the, the the passing, the rebounding, the the hook shots, you just appreciate that. Because, again, any single game, you need him to do something. He comes in and just does it. There's a reliability to that, right? Like, not a lot of players, you can just bring off the bench and just say that they'll do their role day after day. When have you watched Thad Young this season and said to yourself, Thad's really playing out of character. Thad's not necessarily hustling. Thad's not, uh, you know he's forcing the offense. None of that stuff, right? He just comes in and does smart things for you, and he's been huge. I would argue all three of these wins that the Raptors have been able to secure in Pascal's injury, or I guess four now wins the Raptors have been able to, to, to collect uh, with Pascal out of the lineup, they all have to do with what Thad has been able to, to provide, either off the bench or in a starting role. And those four guys uh, together for you, you know, were, were great. And, and it was just about finding the next guy, right? I thought Kem just, you know, made the same mistakes, kind of the same deal as Deadman. Guys just go on the pick and roll against them and, and either pull up for three because he's not up too high or he's conceding fouls down low because he's not actually that big down low. Wancho made a really nice steal in the open floor, which was able to turn a, I think, four-on-two transition advantage for Miami into a dunk for OG transition going the other way. That was a nice play. He also was able to force Kyle into a turnover. Uh, and so, you know, there's part of the reason, like, why he's plus 17. He does he did make a couple of hustle plays, uh, but he did miss a big corner three. And, and you know, it, it's, it's a weirdly empty kind of game from him. But I think he plays a team game well. I think he makes good cuts. Um, I think uh, he's contributing on the rebounding front. And, you know, it's not... You know Nick likes him because Nick keeps putting him on the toughest defensive assignments, right? We've seen 
uh, Wancho go out there and, and guard like Benedict Matherin, right? We've seen Wancho go out there and he's specifically guarding Max Struess out there or, or even Duncan Robinson, right? And, and you might say, well, okay, some of these guys aren't that good offensively. I don't know. It's relative with Miami, right? When Kyle and, 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 and Jimmy aren't on the floor, or even if they are on the floor, they're such team-first guys that they're looking to initiate and create off these other guys. And they're looking to Struess. They're looking to these guys to cut. And, and, and I thought Wancho did a good job defensively. There's a reason why he was plus 17. Um, so I, I thought he played his role well, but I didn't think the Raptors could close with him because I just don't think he was going to provide enough offense. Um, and that's where Boucher came in, man. 15 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Chris has been playing excellent. You know, um, friend of the program, Savannah Hamilton, uh, asked Nick Nurse before the game, um, has, you know, Chris met or exceeded your expectations? And, and Nick immediately just said exceeded. Uh, he, he's, he's just talked about how much Chris has been able to sort of play off of other guys, get out in transition. And yeah, there were a couple of shaky defensive moments, but I love the way that the Raptors were able to get him to calm down, get him to focus. He was able to lock in. And then you got the, 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 the pure experience from Chris, which is the fact that he can close down and, and, and a lot of gaps with, the, with, his, with his length and his quickness. Um, but also, he's able to score for you, right? You know, he's able to crash the glass. He's able to get in the, to the free throw line. He's able to knock down a, a big three. He's not afraid to take a big shot. He's there for the rebound for you. He got a couple big defensive rebounds late. And, you know, that's that's how you got it done. So I guess you just needed five guys tonight, and the Raptors found five guys. So the only downside is Delano got hurt. We'll see what the prognosis is there. The Raptors obviously have tons of guys who are out injured right now, and Delano was having his moment too. So you do, you do really, really wonder um, if he can sort of maintain that momentum when he comes back. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – just a really nice win for the Raptors. And, uh, you know, every single time you you come back and you successfully complete one of these games, it's one game closer eventually to Pascal coming back. And so, um, but yeah, you can't even think about that. Right now, it's just game to game. How do you execute? How do you win the game? And the Raptors did a really, really nice job of it. And, you know, what? shout out Nick Nurse too. I, I thought, you know, the way he managed his game was nice. You know, um, Miami went to their zone uh, at times. The Raptors seemed well prepared for it. They were able to score against it. Uh, they had pretty good positioning, I would say, outside of maybe the start of the third quarter. But I don't even think Miami zoned that much. And that's an indication to me of just how much the Raptors were able to execute where Miami didn't want to turn to their signature plays on the defensive end. And then, yeah, on the other side, I thought the Raptors guarded them well. Like, you know, at times you saw a boxing one against guys like Kyle, against against guys like Jimmy. And if you're telling me that Miami's going to come in here and Jimmy Butler's going to take eight shots and Kyle's going to take nine shots, yeah, they were efficient with their shooting, both of those guys. But you're telling me that those guys are going to shoot a combined 17 shot attempts and only have five assists against nine turnovers between Kyle and Jimmy? You've done something really, really good against this Heat team. Who, by the way, they're not performing that well on the whole this season, but they have been playing really well of late. So this is not an insignificant win. I understand there's no Bam, there's no Tyler, but the Raptors have... I mean, I'd argue the Raptors are more banged up than Miami is. And... You know, they were able to get it done. So uh, it thrilled with the win, thrilled for Scotty that he's able to bounce back. We're going to have some positive combos about him um, and, and just continue to, to sort of see how his game can come back. I think obviously having some of the guys to play off of really does help him. But, you know, some of that's also self-directed, right? His energy, his defense, that's all self-directed. That's not necessarily Fred's back to set me up for lobs or, or find me for cuts. That's also just him taking a more positive approach to the game. And the results are what they've always been. You know, that's why people expect a lot from Scotty plays really really well didn't even have the ball that much today 19 6 and 6 right so and of course you know og who let's let's go to the three stars og is your first star again i have to say this once again this is the best offensive performance from og in his career 
because of the fact that he only got one three. He didn't even dunk it that many times in transition or anything like that. There wasn't any sort of like play where, okay, yeah, you know, he was able to to, to finish a lot of plays. He was able to create a lot of plays. He was able to finish efficiently off a lot of these plays. And yeah, 32 points, 10 rebounds, three assists in 43 minutes for 13 of 18 shooting. By the way, 43 minutes and he's still getting up for there for that for that uh, that tip in. It really reminds me of that uh, Christian Coloco quote that he that he gave early in the season where he talked about how why well, OG's play 40 minutes and he's still able to get up for that sort of like 360 dunk or whatever, you know, double pump reverse dunk that OG did uh, at the end of one of those big wins, I think against Philly. You know, that, that's OG, though. His, his conditioning, he looks strong, he looks powerful, he looks quick. There's plays where he was able to, like, break the press and then, like, go all the way to the basket and finish. Like, when do you see that? OG break the press. You know what I mean? So, uh, impressive, impressive stuff from OG. And, of course, defensively, too. Holding Jimmy to 13 points with five turnovers and only eight shot attempts. Awesome performance from him. Second star is going to go, for me, you know what? It's going to do Scotty. I, I think there's a case for Fred and there's a case for Thad here as well. But I'm going to give it to Scotty. Uh, 19.6 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, a block. I mean, he blocked the hell out of a corner three, too. I think that he were able to catch it and, and maybe put it back in time. I don't know. Again, I was in the arena. They didn't show the replay. But to me, it looked like I think it was late. I don't know. I'm surprised that the refs didn't go back and review it to see if it was on time or not. But in any case, Scotty was able to block a corner three, which is always very impressive. Uh, you know, but yes, the six rebounds, six assists. He just played the role so well. He, he was in the gaps. He started with the threes. He, he started with the, the jumpers. He knocked down a, that three. He's able to sort of you know, cut in for a couple baskets, make the next passes, defended well. It's a classic game from Scotty Barnes, honestly. What we've, what we've seen from his career so far, like roughly like 80-some-odd games, this is the classic Scotty Barnes kind of performance where he's able to initiate a little bit. He's able to, to, to contribute in all sorts of areas and also really effective playing off of other guys. Really good performance from him. Great, great performance to bounce back from. And then your third star. I mean, man, I really want to give it to Thad, but I think, I mean, objectively, Fred was better. 23 points, a rebound, eight assists, you know, uh, plus 10 in the game. Made the right reads, was aggressive, served his role perfectly. You know, I would I would say he outplayed Kyle in this game. Kyle took more efficient opportunities and scored more of those. Um, but then again, you don't always see Kyle being this sharp, right? Like we've seen Kyle have games where he's just misfiring and all these kind of stuff. So, you know, Kyle can sort of be up and down with his scoring at least. But I thought Fred played everything else perfectly. Um, and yeah, some really, really nice passes too, especially under the rest. Like he got three lobs tonight and he had two plays where he, he drew a double team to him, manipulated and pulled the double team away from the from the paint and then made the right pass inside for layups. Like perfect Fred, uh, perfect uh, point guard play from Fred VanVleet tonight. Uh, your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's going to go to Nikola Jovic. Um, I, I thought about maybe even the Deadman. I, I know Alex was a big proponent of Dwayne Deadman tonight, but to be honest, I thought he was a Deadman walking on defense. So I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to Jovic. Uh, 13 points, three rebounds, and assist a steal. A knockdown of three. Again, like I mentioned, a lot of pick and roll finishes. The Raptors were obviously able to contain him eventually, and uh, yeah, then then he was very quiet. But at the start of the game, he was looking Jokic esque, which was uh, which was hilarious. hilarious. Also had a nice high low pass as well. I gotta say, every feels like every European big comes into the NBA and and immediately starts making high low passes that make you kind of go ooh and ah. So Jokic did have one of those, but uh, yeah, just a good performance though overall for the Raptors, and um, you know. As for this show, I'm going to sign off. But actually, before I go, uh, one more reminder. Uh, we're hosting the live show with Chris Boucher, uh, it, it, you know, on December 12th. Uh, you know, it's the, the mission will get you free dinner for that night, uh, courtesy of Hong Shing. 
a great Chinese restaurant downtown. Uh, we got tons and tons of giveaways. We're talking about jerseys. We're talking about tickets. We're talking about, uh, you know, great apparel. Um, I don't know. Alex has been working overtime. With, with, I'm, I'm serious. Like, we, we, we probably have close to like 100 giveaways uh, for our venue space that's going to hold like 300 people, right? So um, tickets are still available. Uh, the show is on Monday, December 12th. It's going to be at Revival in Little Italy, and we're going to have Chris Boucher come out to the live show. So if you want to get tickets to that, the easiest way to go uh, find it is to type in Will Lou, so my name, dot eventbrite, with an E at the end, eventbrite.ca. And you can get tickets there. Uh, and by the way, the biggest, the biggest thing, uh, we're, we're not taking any proceeds from this. We're actually going to donate all of these uh, net proceeds to Chris Boucher, uh, and his Slim Dunk Foundation, which is, uh, you know, it's just great. I mean, I think we just want to continue this uh, this this storyline, this the, this redemption storyline. So make sure you get tickets to that. Once again, you go to willloo.eventbrite.ca to get tickets. They're still available, but uh, I got to say, man, the Raptor fans are very loyal, especially to this show, which I really, really appreciate. So uh, that does it for the show, though. Great win. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Great review. Subscribe. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the next game is as good as this one. <laughs>